free agent frenzy period starts on Sunday in the NBA, followed by Monday, happy Canada Day to Canadians, on Monday in the National Hockey League as we welcome you to this 359th, I think that's right, episode of Unscripted with Mike and Chris. Mike Jansen, Chris Fluke with you. Slower part of the year, you know, neither one of us are big baseball fans. Um, The biggest thing, obviously, and again, I don't want to sound whatever I'm going to be sounding like here, but I really don't give a damn about the Women's World Cup. Sorry, Uh, senior U.S. Open men's golf doesn't do it. Um, So, yeah, we're kind of in that gray area as we wait for the conclusion of the NBA and NHL seasons and 68 days from Thursday night football and the Green Bay Packers visit the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field. So, unless you want to talk about the 12 runs scored in the first inning of the Yankees-Red Sox game between the two teams, in the first inning of the London series of Major League Baseball as we try to shove the game of baseball down the Europeans' throats, um, I do want to talk about that later. I, uh, it's a story about splitting a team into having two home stadiums. Um, I don't see how that's going to work. And who the hell is going to pay for these new two proposed stadiums? But I digress there. The biggest news of of what's going on is obviously the free agent periods starting in both the NBA and the NHL. Um, The NBA news, and you know what? It's even generated more news than usual in Canada because, well, gee, just two weeks ago, the Toronto Raptors won their first NBA championship, and plus they have the most coveted free agent on the free agent market. And his last and current employer is the Toronto Raptors. So it's very, this country seemingly is very interested to see where Kawhi Leonard ends up. So a lot of talk about who he's having chats with, who he's not having chats with. As I say hi and welcome into the program, the executive producer of our little program, Mr. Fluke. But I'm getting to the point where I really don't care. Just get it over with. I mean, there has been so much preamble to all this stuff that it's gotten to the point where it's gone overboard, in my opinion. They're all overpaid. Congratulations for, you know, being able to pick where you want to play. And and that's what you're playing for, I guess, is the the freedom to have options. I get all of that. But my God, it's just being reported to the nth degree. They're lucky to have the opportunity to do the things that they do. And let's get it over with. You go play with wherever you want to play and let's get it on. I'm tired of this stuff. Yeah, it gives people something to talk about when there's sure. not much else going on. But yeah, it, it gets pretty annoying pretty fast. And uh, just for the record, Kawhi Leonard did turn down his $21.5 million dollar player option with the Raptors. So he is, of course, free to do whatever. Uh, keep in mind, though, I have thought that the Raptors, I put it at 25% at best that they'd resign him. I think there's a chance now. Uh, a little bit at least. He said he's seriously considering it. I don't know if that's just lip service or not, but keep in mind that the Raptors are the only team that can offer him a max contract, five years, $190 million, which of course is $38 million a year. So the only team that can do that is the Raptors, which means that they have some leverage there. He's also beloved in the city. He's a hero to the Raptors 
faithful. And so, hey, I mean, yeah, he wants to go home, or at least he's always wanted to before, and he wants the meeting with the Lakers, and he's trying to meet with the Clippers, and now there's the whole thing with, you know, he and Durant want to be best buddies somewhere and best friends forever and all this stuff. But look, uh, if it comes down to the money, uh, he has to choose Toronto. But I still don't think there's even a 50% chance that he signs there. But I think the chances of him signing in Toronto are better than they were a little while ago. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. He uh, supposedly is giving the Raptors their last... He's The last meeting he takes is with the Raptors sometime next week in Los Angeles. Um, you know, we'll see what happens there. Uh, I'm I'm just confused as to what retirement or resignation, I should say is a better word, what resignation means to Magic Johnson. And I love Magic Johnson. Um, heart and soul of the Lakers, 80s teams. Um, to this day, I believe they should have won eight out of the 10 years in the 80s, eight titles in 10 years, except for some bad luck, bad luck and a broken leg by James Worthy. 83, I think they could have potentially won eight out of 10 years. I really do. Um, but Magic's obviously still a Laker at heart. Kawhi Leonard supposedly this week, at the end of this week, this last business week, asked for a meeting with the Lakers, but wanted only Jeannie Buss and Magic Johnson to attend. Not Mitch or not Mitch Kupchak anymore, whoever the hell the general manager Rob is. Palenka. Rob Palenka, the pretty boy from Michigan. Uh, no Rob Palenka, no, nobody else, just Jeannie Buss and her best friend, Magic Johnson. Well, <laughs> how can a guy who just resigned back on April the 9th, how can a guy who resigned from the Lakers as president of basketball operations, how can he, after he resigns on April 9th, how can he be part of any discussion with future free agents, official? Anybody can have any, anybody can have a cup of coffee at a Starbucks, and that's an unofficial meeting. I mean, if if Kawhi Leonard needs to talk to Magic Johnson, it can happen in anywhere of a thousand places. the The terminology and Magic's been in trouble with this in before, but he was a he was a official member of the Lakers when he got charged with the tampering charges. But if everybody and their sister, this side of you know people that are six feet under don't realize that Magic Johnson isn't an employee. I mean, I, I just, why should this be a news story? I just don't understand that. Magic in, is in, 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 he's a big cheerleader now in the Lakers. That's what he is. He resigned his position on April 9th, said Rob Palenka backstabs him. So how can he even be in this discussion uh, in regard to the free agent pitches of the Los Angeles Lakers to potential free agents. I don't know. Well, this is the danger of when you're some fancy bigwig owner or executive and you try to make decisions based on your own petty grievances or selfishness or anything else, it doesn't work. And, of course, Vince McMahon is the absolute worst for this, but there's a million executives who do this. But look, to the general public, to the players, to everyone else, Magic Johnson is the Lakers, and everyone is convinced, furthermore, that Magic Johnson is going to be back with the Lakers at some point, whether it's as a GM when they kick Palinka out, whether it's 
as an as owner, owner right. with him and Kobe maybe putting money together and getting a syndicate going and whatever. But everyone is convinced that, oh, this is just some sort of lull. And it's like, okay, get rid of, get do all your corporate bullshit, the buses and the plinkets. Yeah, yeah, do your little thing. We'll, we'll just wait here while it all flames out. And then, <laughs> and then magic comes back and then it can get back on track and everything. Not like the Lakers have been that great the last few years with or without magic at all. I mean... And uh, without magical free agent signings, no pun intended, they're not going to be good anytime soon either. So, look, don't do this type of stuff if you're an executive. Don't try to fucking pull the wool over the eyes of the general public. The people know what's going on. And I love that Kawhi Leonard actually did this because he's like, look, fuck this bullshit. If I'm going to come here, it has to be a serious team and a serious franchise, ideally the classic, famous, iconic franchise it used to be. And if I'm going to come to that, here's what I expect. Here's how I see your little organization. Here's how I see your little organization. Don't try to fuck around and everything like this. I'm calling you on your bullshit. And magic is the Lakers. And fuck you if you think you're going to force feed the people and the fans and me anything else. I wonder how it works, though. And and I, I, I pose the question because... You keep talking and hearing about Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson in regard to them garnering max deals or max proposals from the Golden State Warriors. But if they give them a five-year deal right off the bat, they're only going to play for four. I mean, we can pretty much rule those two guys out for the 2019-2020 season um, because of their respective Achilles and ACL injuries. I just wonder how they do that in regard to the contracts. I know I'm probably going too deep on this, but do the Golden State Warriors as a team get some kind of insurance liability claim or something to recoup some of the big money that they'd be paying those guys? You know, I, I know that they're, they they know obviously now of a, of a precondition in, in, injury, easy for me to say. But... I don't ever feel sorry for a team owner or a team organization that are usually run with by guys that have more money than brains. But in this case, the Warriors at least are trying to show that they're they really are a family, or they really are, or they really do care about guys that put their health on the line to try to bring them another championship. But you don't get much bang for your buck. And again, I'm not feeling sorry for them, but. I'm impressed by the Golden State Warriors that they would at least potentially come starting June the 30th and not official until the league moratorium on July the 6th. But uh, I'm quite impressed because they will get no bang for their buck. They will get no ROI on their investment in the first year with Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant if somehow, by some miracle, they end up back in Golden State. I don't know how it works. You'd think they'd have to get a pretty hefty discount for zero games played, yeah. but I, I actually don't know the don't intricacies know of the NBA contract process, but that would be pretty impressive. Uh, Kevin Durant, I think there was no chance of him re-signing with Golden State, but maybe there is now if they're the only well, team... Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, willing to take advantage of that. Although, I mean, how old is Kevin Durant now? 31. Is he? So, uh, boy, yeah, that's a tough one. I don't really see them doing that. I could see them offering Clay Thompson... That he's, he's, he's only been, 28. Yeah, and he's been such an important thing there. They were winning before Durant, right? But I think the... And obviously, Steph Curry is the most important deal, and he's already signed to a Supermax deal. So I think that Clay And Thompson, Draymond Green comes up next year. 
Well, fuck Draymond Green. I, <laughs> I knew that was coming. God. Did you see this? So this was this was funny. Have you heard? Uh, have you heard about this story? You've probably heard this. How the NBA and Adam Silver want to get rid of the term owner. Now they, they apparently they got rid of the term owner, even though nobody's told these people that owner refers to the company. It doesn't mean you own the players like they're slaves or something. But right. Because the Civil War is still raging in the U.S. ever I since know. 1861. Don't let anyone tell you there was an end date. So that's what we get. <laughs> But that's good. I like that. Tell me there's no end date. That's for damn sure. But anyway, so then here's what the internet decided to do. A lot of people on the internet thought, hey, let's go take a look at Draymond Green's Twitter page. And right there, right in the main front part of it, it's got, I don't know what company it was, but like Draymond Green, because Draymond Green was one of the guys really pushing because oh, I don't want to, they can't be an owner. They don't own me. I'm not a slave. And so then Right there, owner of, Draymond Green, owner of company, whatever. It's like, well, fuck yourself, you fucking hypocrite, Draymond Green. He's an idiot. <laughs> Clay Thompson is way better than Draymond Green in every way, including as a human being. And I like uh, the idea of signing Clay Thompson and really doing the family thing. I think that's really cool. But Draymond Green can go fuck himself and go find work somewhere else and see how many championships he wins then. Joe, is it Lacob or Lacob? Lacob, I think. I think it's Lacob. I don't know. Whatever. He's one of two owners. And Bob Myers, the general manager, both. Now, is this posturing or is this the truth? Where both of them are on record have being of, have, and, and I, I believe I've heard it. Otherwise, I wouldn't be talking about it because I wouldn't have remembered it. I don't retain anything when I read it. Are you kidding? It's easier to see it on the TV screen. Um, both of those people the owner and the general manager who just got a contract extension, both believe that the heart and soul of the Golden State Warriors is one Draymond Green. Oh, come on. Is that posturing or is that the truth? I bet Steve Kerr doesn't feel that way. Oh, God, no. I still, to this day, Steve Kerr <laughs> said, I am so fucking sick of Draymond's bullshit. I, I know he said that. You saw his lips. You can read lips. And what did I say he said? I don't even remember that. I don't know. You came up with some politically correct bullshit. But the he honest... definitely said Draymond Green. He definitely said oh, that. Oh, he said Draymond. Oh, yeah. He says, I'm so fucking sick of Draymond's bullshit. Uh, I bet Tom Izzo, with all great respect to the Michigan State head basketball coach, he would love publicly, he would love Draymond Green. But privately, he was probably happy to see him when he left the Michigan State campus. I, I just would be interested. I think that... There's some truth to that. Um, it should be interesting. In the NBA, starting Sunday night, they want to make sure you got the time right. Sunday night, 6 p.m. Eastern time, so 3 o'clock on the West, West Coast. So 3 o'clock Sunday afternoon, Kawhi Leonard can take a meeting with Magic Johnson or Jeannie Buss or the head trainer of the Los Angeles Lakers. He can do that. I don't know how he's going to do it. They're going to have to meet, they're going to have to meet on a... Uh, uh, on a Starbucks in, on uh, Rodeo Drive, unofficial meeting. It'll further, be interesting. For, for the record, uh, I, I like Adam Silver, and and I and that's great. And he seems like he tries hard and does a good job. And I think he's just trying to do what the people want. I think he's trying to be a real populist uh, commissioner here. But I don't care what you say, Adam Silver. I will call them owners till the end of time. I'm not changing. I'm not being politically correct here. I'm calling them owners. And I I know where this came from. I can tell it. You could. It was when interviews were coming out, and people are so sensitive in these times. And because players were saying, "Oh, my owner said this," whatever, just because that's the fastest way to say it, instead of saying, "Oh, the owner of the team said this," it's just faster to say, "Oh, my owner said this." 
But then when guys are like, why am I saying my owner? He doesn't own me. And it's just like, shut the fuck up, guys. Honestly, he owns the team. Deal with it. Sorry, he just does. And he doesn't own you. And he doesn't own your soul and anything else. It just means he owns a friggin' team as a businessman. And that's it. So calm your fucking tits. I'm tired of your <laughs> shit. So I'm going to call them owners until the end of time. And especially since Draymond Green, Mr. Hypocrite, calls himself an owner. He just doesn't want anyone else to be an owner. All right, Silver, since you're on the topic, and it just you know triggered something in my small mind, but Silver made news this week in regard to the NBA's acting commissioner, active commissioner, I should say. Been acting for a while. Um, I like I like him, too. Um, he's proposing an NBA shorter season starting, I believe it was the 21-22 or 22-23 season, somewhere in there. Obviously, this will be part of the next collective bargaining agreement with the players because the players will have to sign off on this. Silver can propose sheep at halftime if he wants to, but if it doesn't get ratified by the Players Association, it doesn't matter. Silver obviously would have to get it certified by his owner group, but he is proposing an NBA shorter season, a play-in tournament to get into the playoffs coming 20, again, later, three or four years down the road. Um, that's got to excite you, and I know it excites me. Uh, I know you'd be more excited for the play-in tournament. I'd be more excited for the less number of games. I think we've gotten to the point of almost oversaturation now. Um, I think that one of the greatest... I mean, look at this year. Just a perfect example. Um, Kawhi Leonard. Leads the Raptors to their first championship. Plays a total of 60 regular season games. Misses 22 games for maintenance of his body. And obviously, when you win a championship, everybody thinks that's the way to go. Um, and I think, obviously, it's the wave of the future if you stay at 82. I hate to be a Bucks fan, and I'm sitting here, and I get to take my kid to a game, and all of a sudden, that's one of Giannis Antetokounmpo's 25 body maintenance games of the year. I get to take my kid to a Bucks game. I don't... I don't really want to see... I love Milwaukee Bucks, but I don't really want to see the Milwaukee Bucks if I can't see Giannis. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm in, I'm in agreement with the shorter season. I know you're more excited about the, the play into the... into a, you know, a play-in to get into the playoffs, which would put some excitement on the back end of the NBA season. But uh, I think this is positive. I've, I've said... You've heard me say many times, I think we need to shorten the baseball season and. 62 games in 182 days is, is in 180 days is preposterous. Um, I don't mind going to an 18 game NFL schedule if we get rid of two at least two of the play of the stupid preseason games. But your thoughts on first of all, obviously, obviously with Adam Silver and what he's made news this week in regard to the NBA. Yeah, I love it. I love the innovation of it. I love trying to make things fresh. I love trying to say, you know, just because we always did it this way doesn't mean we should continue to do it this way. Uh, brackets make things huge. I mean, nobody gives a shit about college basketball outside of your actual, you know, local team, whatever, other than March Madness, as far as I'm concerned. Ooh, I disagree there. Well, I know you can disagree and everything. Yeah. But like if you're, especially if you're talking about uh, in other you've places. You've seen like in, people, you've seen them at at Duke, you, uh, Cameron yeah. Indoor Stadium, and you've seen them at Rupp Arena in Kentucky, and you've seen them at these Blue Blood programs that, and, and you've seen, you know, it, it, there are Blue Blood basketball programs like you've seen at Alabama and Auburn in the Iron Bowl in college football. 
singular college towns that that's the only game in town that is the lifeblood of those cities sure but that's what i'm talking about is i'm taking that away i'm saying other than the local concerns like obviously if you're going to duke you're probably going to be a pretty big duke fan i get that but i'm talking about take random people like me in canada Mm. i mean i'll watch some march madness i'll fill out a bracket other than that i'm not doing anything let me ask you this then um rj barrett Third, third overall pick, yep. Mississauga, Ontario. A couple of years ago, though, he was a bust. He was a pile of crap. Anthony Bennett from UNLV, but originally Canadian. Andrew Wiggins, um, Canadian. The next year, number one overall pick of the Minnesota. Well, first of all, it was Cleveland and then was traded to uh, Minnesota. Um, all Canadian kids. There's And, and obviously now that uh, the Raptors have done something that the beloved Maple Leafs haven't been able to do since 1967, and that's win a freaking championship. I believe next year, my friend, you're going to see more basketball exposure on our local cable networks because of the kids that are making moves in the NBA and big-time college basketball from Canada, and ultimately, the Raptors just won the big one. People are going to be a little bit more interested in basketball, I think, up here. Well, sure, but that's what I'm talking about. Local concerns, if people are like, hey, yay, Canadian, yay, local college, whatever, that's cool. But for people, like I'm talking like me, really, who I don't even feel like I have, I've never felt like I have much of a country, to be honest, because I'm in Western Canada, and I think it's just a different thing. So I don't have these local concerns. But what I'm, my point is, when I see something like brackets, I might watch, I might get involved, yep. I might fill out a bracket. And so I think for the extremely casual NBA fan or maybe even the non-fan who's kind of willing to be but has never really invested or felt the need to, I think for those types of people, if you have a shorter season, it's less attention span they have to have. They Mm -hmm. can pay attention for a shorter burst. They can get more involved and fill out a bigger bracket and really have the fun of that. And I think all these things make it more appealing. And if I'm a player, why would you not be in favor of this? You could get away with playing way less games. I don't see them reducing salaries. You'll probably just get paid way more per game, in my opinion. That could be wrong. But if you're a player, yeah, play way less games while simultaneously having the chance, a way better chance potentially to get into the playoffs, not having your season over two games into the season like in some of these locales. So I think it's great on all sides. I'm not sure who would be opposed to this other than just ardent traditionalists who don't ever like anything to change. I'm not sure who, other than that, why would you be against this? And I know we have to kind of flesh out the concept and see what they're really well, going there's, for. Well, there's so but... many things to be determined yet. Yeah. And, and, you know, you just brought something up uh, when you were speaking there. You just brought something up about how would this this is going to affect player contracts. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're certainly not going to take a pay cut because they're playing less games. No, of course not. So, um, yeah, I mean, there are so many things to be determined here. But um, I-, I think it's a good thing. Um, I like to see them thinking a little bit outside the box. Um, somebody asked me the other day about expansion in the NBA, and I just said no. I think we're at a good number right now. I don't want it to get much higher than 32 teams. I really don't. I just think that. There are probably some markets that deserve an NBA team, but I think maybe we should take some of our struggling ones and potentially move them before we create new ones. Because every time we have expansion, um, I think we also become a little bit more talent diluted. And um, I think 32 is good. I 32 really do. is perfect for I the think, league. I think for all the big four, the, the, the four that Chris and I really concentrate on the most, in the professional ranks, 
I think 32 is about the perfect number. It really is, yeah. Um, and that brings me, I think I was trying to do something that they used to call a segue, but I'm, I was never that bright here on this uh, 359th episode of Unscripted. And I wanted to get back to that Montreal slash Tampa Bay sharing of a franchise. The proposal is on the table, and Stuart Sternberg, the owner of the Tampa Bay Rays, who can't, and in fairness, he has tried. I, If he hadn't have tried, I would have been ripping him a new one. But he has tried numerous different stadium proposals down there to the Tampa Bay and St. Petersburg area, and they, he just keeps running up against a, a brick wall. And you've got a, a semi-new stadium, Raymond James Stadium down there for the Buccaneers, and you've got, I believe, at least a renovated, I don't know, but it's a, it looks like a nice place to play for the, the hockey team, the Lightning. But I can't see, for the life of me, why they can't come to some kind of resolution on a, on a, a new baseball team for the for the Rays. And in fairness to the Rays organization, not a big fan, but they won 90 games last year, so it's not like they're tanking. They're not like this year's version and last year's version of the Baltimore Orioles. Um, biggest day on the Orioles calendar is the first day of the June amateur draft. Orioles season's over now. They're now waiting to tank the rest of this year so they can have a better date next year, next June, at the amateur draft. But this is preposterous. I'm sorry. I would love to see baseball back in Montreal. But move the Rays before you split and have to build two new stadiums and divide 81 home games in between two places. Obviously, heavy concentration in the spring in Florida because both stadiums will be open air. So heavy concentration of early games in the Tampa-St. Pete area and then the summer in Montreal. I, I like the concept, but I think it's preposterous. The way around this is move the freaking... Tampa Bay Rays to Montreal, put that money toward putting a new ballpark in an open-air stadium in Tampa Bay, put it toward the new stadium in Montreal, and put a team, I think, that could be proven, given a second chance, uh, a really good baseball market uh, with the Expos. I, I really believe that. But a lot better. I'm sorry, Tampa Bay, but you've had your team for a long, long time. I think you were in the 2000 or 2008 World Series. That's the most success you've had, and you've had unbelievable teams on a shoestring budget. But having a major league team and their think about their families. I mean, come on, we got to come up with a better plan than that. And I've got a lot easier one: move the freaking Tampa Bay Rays to Montreal. Yeah, well, we're all waiting for the Expos to come back, and I think it's just a matter of time. But yeah, this is this is what happens when you try to compromise and and don't have decisive people in all facets of the decision. It's just a disaster. Yeah, you want to split games? Sure. Half the games in Dallas, half in Fort Worth. There you go. <laughs> ha- half the games in Minneapolis, half in St. Paul. Right. Fine. You want to do that? Okay, that's fair. Make it give some people a little bit less of a drive. I think the extreme most I'd be willing to go would be in some sport, not I know the Packers used to do this, but like half in Green Bay, half in Milwaukee. That's uh, that's, that's sixty five miles apart. Well, it's a lot closer than Montreal and Tampa Bay are. I'll tell well, you. No, absolutely. I'll yeah. tell you that yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, maybe if there was some really unique thing, like let's say theoretically, let's say Alberta got an NFL team. Yeah. Okay. So then you get eight home games. Let's say you did it. So four of them were in Calgary, four were in Edmonton, and they're called the Alberta something. Maybe then it works. Everyone can still, you can still go to all the games. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's convenient. Sometimes you have to drive a couple hours. I mean, and it's, and plus you want to kind of pool the two cities together and Red Deer and everything else to try and get enough people to actually have an NFL team. Not like I expect we'd get one, but just theoretically, I could see in that situation. But to have in two different countries, uh, what would that be? That'd be like a 24 hour drive away from each other. If you're yeah. actually driving, you have well, to be flying. You're, you're, it's two different uh, it doesn't governments. Make any sense. It's two different tax systems. It doesn't make it's, any yeah, sense. I, I just think that this, I've liked some of the things that Rob Manfred has done. I'm not too sold yet on on uh, baseball in London, but we shall see. Okay, that that's another one there. Go. I Go. hadn't I hadn't even heard of that to be They're honest. Pl- that's what I I opened this little thing. I opened this program by talking about, and they did. They were playing today, and they scored six each, six runs each in the first inning of the game in London. No. Yankees and Reds. Were they pitching position players or what? <laughs> I don't know. To try and try and make it as appealing as possible. I, I I want I want your comment. Yeah. Uh, so look, if, if you have something really great, at least to a, some demographic, like let's say you're the UFC, the UFC can easily expand all over the world because everyone can appreciate a good fight. I mean, unless you just have no interest in fighting at all, which you're not going to go, so that's fine. But any you're, you can go to any country in the world and people can understand it. They could dream of being a fighter someday. There's no, not necessarily a real, as much of a financial limitation as if you want to become a professional hockey player or something. But you can, you can take the UFC or boxing and you can put it all over the world and people get it. But to have a full game where you have to... Uh, you know, learn an entire new set of rules and you weren't raised on the game unless it's incredibly exciting. Like I can see the NFL. I I love the NFL game. I can see why they're trying to spread it around the world. I could see it being good, but, but I mean, they're trying at least, but I think it has a better chance of succeeding than baseball. Baseball to me is one of those things that it's only even still in existence at all because people grew up with it. And it's such a traditional thing to take baseball and try to, um, you know, to try and sell a new uh, part of the world on it. It's like bringing cricket here. I mean, it's just so different. It's, it really is. It's the same thing. And They're actually playing this game, these two, this two-game series, in a cricket stadium. And I'm not surprised either, right? So, And I mean, maybe there'd be a crossover thing. It's, a sim- it's, it's you know, similar bat sports in a way, but there's many, many differences. And so maybe if one person, some people might like one, they might like the other. But it's just a complete cultural sea changer i mean it's so it, it you can't even translate it. it's a it's an entirely new game and unless it's something amazing i just can't see if it's the most exciting sport in the world some crazy thing we haven't even invented yet and it seems really universal then maybe but i mean you're not going to have any local heroes when you go over there you won't have ever grown up with it I just don't see it happening. At the very least, before baseball should try this, they should get their own house in order and put their best foot forward. If you could go there with a shot clock and you could have it more exciting and you could ha- really shore things up, get rid, get an, elect- an electronic strike zone, you know, make it so that these uh, the umps are worse than ever, to be honest with you. And it's just a disaster now. So... I mean, you have to get all these things in order before you start trying to go spread your game all over the world. And until they do that, until they bring in the shot clock, the electronic strike zone, and speed up the game, uh, and figure out, you know, where, if you want the Tampa Bay Rays or the Montreal Expos, one or the other, 
until you fix these things, don't go trying to propose yourself to the rest of the world because everyone's going to see what a joke you are. They've already got a uh, series next year in London again for the Cubs and the Cardinals. As a novelty, sure. You can you can sell out here's, whatever you want as a novelty one or two one or two here's, times. Here's here's my problem about expansion over geography. Relocation. The Relocation or overseas. Here's the problem. I know uh, I don't like owners and I don't really respect players anymore. Because they're all kind of but what I'm getting at here is the travel demands on potentially having a team be based in London or someday maybe uh, uh, Paris, France or, you know, some of the bigger metropolitan areas of of Europe. I'm not taking a shot at Europeans. I'm not taking a shot at no. anybody. What I'm taking a shot at is the logistical aspect of the athletes, especially if they get assigned, traded, whatever, to a team based in Europe. I just really believe the travel demands and the schedule is going to be because these teams that are based in Europe are going to have to have a home base or a or a campground or something, a, a, you know, a, a home base. I don't know how else to say it, but somewhere where they do their things while they're there, because regardless of how many teams potentially someday in the National Football League or Major League Baseball, someday you got to believe the NBA is certainly going to go. Uh, you know, and I know I just said five minutes ago that I love the number 32, and I do. I love the number 32. But if you expand to Europe, then maybe they have just the European League and then get together in the playoffs. I don't know. That's that's another thing. But until they figure out the logistical thing, that's my problem, is that I just think, again, and for me, this may sound silly, but if you're asking Joe Consumer to pay top dollar to watch Major League Baseball, professional football, all the big four, and I don't get to see my guys because they're having a, a, a you know, they had jet lag from flying in from London last night. Um, I'm having a problem with that, and I, and I know I'm going pretty deep there, but I always am thinking about Joe Consumer. I don't know what that is in me, but... Professional sports is a business, and I think Chris hit it on the head about our adult adultery of of things and obviously people in society today. And um, I, as I get older, I'm getting less enamored with the world of sports. It's a nice thing to have, but I don't have to always play by their rules. Let's say, got went deep there. <laughs> went a little deep there. Oh, it's not. It, look, these. Uh, there's so many choices out there. There's so much content. You can't, yeah. it, you know what? Look, it's not like in the, if you were watching TV in the sixties, like you could, okay, everyone gathered around on Sunday night and watched Ed Sullivan. You could get, or was it Sunday? I think that Ed Sullivan yeah, was. Yeah, I think, I think you're it was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know, you, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And everyone could watch the variety the, show. The, yeah. yeah. You could watch the news. Like everyone watched kind of the same one or two or three newscasters. And there was only so many shows like, you know, there was I Love Lucy and there were, I guess we're going back to the 50s even there too. But I mean, there was only so much. There wasn't all this streaming. There wasn't Netflix. There wasn't, you know, everything on demand. You're a wise young man, sir. Yeah. So, I mean, when you, 
all these things are competing against each other and there's only so much time in the day. And keep in mind that eventually when people get old enough, they actually have to go and work and have a family and everything. And you're really limited to what you can really do. I mean, I'd love to pay more attention to hockey than I do, for example, but I put so much time into NFL and now I'm like rededicating myself to the gym and I'm rededicating my, dedicating myself to poker and, you know, and now when we've got the podcast and I mean, there's only so much time in the day. Like, to be honest with you, even if I won the lottery and I never had to actually work a day job again, I would still not have enough time. And this is me not having kids. Like, I still, with no kids and unlimited money, I would still not have have enough time in the day and not have enough time in my life to do all the things I want to do. And so when all these things are jockeying for position, you better be doing a damn good job.